Happy New Year. Welcome back to the Living Richer Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark Shimkovitz. So January is often a time when we set goals for the year ahead, and those around health, fitness, and finances always tend to rank fairly high on everyone's list. So it's no surprise that, you know, the health club memberships spike and gym floors are packed at the start of the year. And on the financial front, wealth advisors often start to feel calls from uh, prospective clients. But finding the right wealth advisor is a very consequential decision. I mean, there's no secret about that and one that definitely shouldn't be rushed into. It's a relationship that will hopefully last for years and, you know, one that's going to have a big impact on your long-term financial well-being. And because it's such a big decision, how you go about finding the right person or the right team can seem overwhelming. So in today's episode, I'm going to break down for you some of the key steps to take, questions to ask, red flags to watch out for, which I hope will help simplify the process. Now, let's get started. Welcome to Living Richer with Mark Shimkovitz, Vice President at Raymond James Private Client Group, one of Canada's largest independent investment firms. In this podcast, he'll share with you the things you need to know and things you need to do to build a smart financial plan. Follow along with Mark and learn how to invest wisely, avoid financial mistakes, and navigate life's curveballs without fear. Now, let's get started. So 2024 is marking a fairly big year for me personally. It's uh, the 30th year that I've been an advisor. So it's pretty exciting. And, you know, in that time, I've had the pleasure of meeting with a lot of prospective clients. Some did, in fact, end up becoming clients. And of course, others didn't. And I can tell you that for the most part, the ones that became clients have almost universally remained clients. And, you know, why do I think that is? I think that the main reason is because we suit one another. You see, when I meet with a prospective client for the first time, I let them know that we're going to be using that first meeting as a way to determine if there's a fit on both sides. In my opinion, fit is one of the most important aspects of choosing a right person. And and fit covers a lot. You want to fit in terms of personality, of course. Do you see yourself getting along with this person? communication style, their approach to risk, and of course, their investment style. If you've listened to my podcast in the past, you'll know that I believe that successful investing is a long-term process, one that takes patience and discipline. I'm not a day trader. I know a lot of great stock traders. In fact, if someone was looking for a stockbroker who's up to date with the hottest gold exploration company, our team wouldn't be a right fit for them regardless of how great a person I think that they might be or the fit that they may have in other areas. So how do you determine if an advisor is right for you? Well, number one, you have to start by being clear in your own mind what you're looking for. As the saying goes, if you don't know where you're going, any path is going to take you there. And number two, asking the right questions to determine if there's that fit that I mentioned. And on, by the way, on the flip side, they should also be asking you a lot of questions. If they're not, it could mean that you're talking to someone who's, I don't know, willing to be all things to all people. And as a quick disclaimer, uh, for the sake of keeping this episode fairly focused on what to ask a prospective advisor, I'm not going to get into too much in terms of how you come up with that list of advisors that you're going to meet with in the first place. 
most people will ask for referrals from family or friends. Uh, that's a great way to get new advisors. Um, a lot of clients get referred to us by accountants since we work with them so closely. They really get to know us well. Um, so that's a potential source of recommendations for you. And then before you meet with them, or even if you des- before you decide that you want to meet with them, do some due diligence on your own. Look them up on LinkedIn. Check out their website. Read any articles that they've written or look for publications that they've been quoted in. Also, you may want to pay a quick visit to iroc.ca. That's I-I-R-O-C.ca. Go to the advisor reports section, type in the person's name, and you're going to get everything you need to know about that advisor from a regulatory standpoint, where they're registered, licenses they hold, courses they've completed, and any disciplinary actions that might be um, put up against them. I'm going to post a link to that in the show notes, so check that out. Now, let's get to the meat of it. Broadly speaking, when you're meeting with a potential advisor, you're going to want to use the opportunity to find out a lot more about them and their practice. So I've put together a list of 10 question categories to help you. The questions fall into three general groups. Number one, what do you do? Number two, how do you do it? And number three, who do you do it for? So first question, you want to find out what services they provide. And the question you want to have answered is, does it align with what you're looking for? So here's a tip for you. You need to be clear on what you're looking for. Do you have more straightforward financial needs and goals with perhaps retirement savings from registered plans and employee-sponsored plans? Or do you have very complex financial needs that you know, require much more comprehensive management from a team of professionals such as accountants and lawyers. Financial advisors often have a wide range of services that they could include. And these would be, you know, retirement strategies, trust and estate considerations like wills and powers of attorney, tax minimization strategies, education savings, retirement uh, risk management, sorry, um, which would include insurance, cash flow strategies, charitable giving, business succession plans. So find out which services they offer and which ones fit in with your goal. The second question you want to ask is, how would you describe what you do? I think this is an excellent question because it's open-ended and you'll learn a lot about what the advisor prioritizes. When I started in the profession in the early 90s, we were coming off the tail end of when Everyone was a stockbroker, and that was pretty easy to describe. We bought and sold stocks. Then a lot of brokers started referring to themselves as investment advisors because the breadth of investments they sold expanded. Then we started providing advice in other areas of finance, so some took on the role of financial advisor. It was more holistic, and the advice provided went beyond just what the person owned and got into things like saving strategies, budgeting, tax minimization. Now there are some, like ourselves, who are wealth advisors. As I mentioned, the typical client is high net worth, um, they're concerned about strategically managing their intergenerational wealth. The services are highly specialized and include complex tax strategies, retirement and estate planning, trust services, insurance integration, philanthropic planning. You get the idea. 
We also tend to work in teams with specialists in various areas. So the bottom line is, when you ask them to describe what they do, ask yourself, does this sound like the person that I'm looking for? If not, you probably need to look a little further. The third question is, tell me about your process. Now, if you didn't get a clear understanding of their process when you asked them to describe what they do, this is a great follow-up question. And the reason I like it is because, you know, for me as an advisor, it tells me right away that, no, there's a little bit of fit here because this is a person who takes their wealth management seriously. And the important point here is that you need to know that they have a process and they can articulate it. The last thing you want is someone who's just sort of winging it. I take this one so seriously that we went so far as to name our process. Ours is called the 3D process. And as the name implies, it goes off in a lot of different directions. The 3Ds also stand for something. So that helps uh, the clients to understand. 3Ds, discover, design, and deploy. Just like when you go to the doctor, you don't want to get a prescription before an examination or all the tests are done. When it comes to wealth management, we begin with discovery. You can't begin to design a strategy or make investment recommendations, much less deploy, before you go through discovery. That means learning um, everything that there is to know about where you are today, what, what are your assets and liabilities? What are you making? What are you spending? What are you saving? Your risk tolerance, your time horizon, your goals, your past experiences, the lists go on. Now, process can cover a lot of ground and some of the questions later on will definitely shine a light on process, but simply asking them to describe it is a great start. Number four, what's your investment philosophy? Find out if your potential advisor favors one style of investing or another or a particular type of investment. If you're a more experienced investor, you'll know pretty quickly if their style suits your comfort level and objectives. If you're new, don't be afraid to ask, how does that philosophy fit with you and how does it benefit you? You should ask how they address risk and manage for it. Certain styles and investments might be well-suited for some investors, but completely inappropriate for others. Also, if you believe that the financial advisor has a one-size-fits-all approach and you're looking for something that's more customized, uh, then there's probably a lack of fit. Number five, how are you going to take into account my assets that you aren't directly managing? See, a good financial advisor knows that your net worth may not exist only within the confines of the assets that they're managing. You could have a group RRSP through work. You may have a large percentage of your net worth tied up in rental properties in your principal residence. Now, example, if that were the case, uh, I would certainly want to know that. If I didn't, and we decided to include, say, you know, real estate stocks in your investment portfolio. The real estate market, if that took a big hit, the amount of your net worth exposed to that downturn would be quite high. Same thing if you work for a tech company and you have a lot of shares. Your investment portfolio should provide balance that also takes into consideration your outside holdings. It helps to avoid what we call concentration risk. Number six. Ask, how are you paid? For some reason, this is a question that a lot of people are reluctant to ask, but you shouldn't be. Not only is it 
an important question because, hey, you deserve to know what you're going to pay, but it also tells you something about transparency. The fact is, financial advisors use a lot of different types of fee structures. So you want to know what is their approach. Do they charge a flat percentage based on assets that they manage? Do they collect performance fees? Our team, for example, we use a tiered percentage based on assets, which means that as the assets under management go up, the percentage charge goes down. And we never collect third-party compensation. Some advisors are commission-based and they charge transaction fees. There are some who um, you know, charge an hourly rate or a combination of the approaches. A good financial advisor will absolutely be candid about how they're compensated. Number seven, how are you going to manage performance and success? What you want to know here is that it's not just how they measure performance, but what they're measuring. And what are the benchmarks? Is it just investment returns? For most clients, it's not. If you consider what I was saying earlier, what uh, all of the things that we cover in terms of wealth management, if our investment portfolio outperformed the benchmark, but we accomplished absolutely nothing in terms of helping to you to reduce taxes, increase savings, address your estate planning goals, and all the other wealth management objectives that are high on your priority list, I'd hardly call that a success. Ask your financial advisor, what does success look like to them? Um, the answer will tell you and help you learn a lot about what they value. Then consider if their values align with yours. Number eight, who do they work with? Ask about their typical client. Do their clients have things in common or are they kind of all over the place? Some advisors are specialists. Our team, for example, we work with a smaller number of households who tend to be uh, approaching or in retirement, their high net worth, and they have complex wealth management needs. I know one advisor who specializes in working with IBM executives. She knows everything about the company pension plan, their group benefits. She follows the stock religiously. She's a niche specialist. Other financial advisors are generalists. They cater to a wider variety of clients at different stages in their lives with varying needs and goals. As you learn about what the advisor's typical client looks like, ask yourself, do you see yourself fitting in with the type of clients that the prospective advisor works with? Number nine, how will you communicate with me? Oh, and how often? Communication, communication, communication. It's so important. But there's no right answer when it comes to the amount of communication. In terms of frequency, some clients want to get regular contact. Some are happy just to review their quarterly statements and meet once a year. As to the type of communication, it comes in a lot of different forms. Some goes out to all clients and some is individualized. We put out, for example, a bi-weekly newsletter that some clients read from start to finish. We host three to four webinars every year. That's sort of the, the broader communication aspect. If regular contact is high on your list of priorities, ask the question, how often can I expect to hear from you? By phone, by email, virtually, in person. If an advisor isn't set up to meet your needs in terms of communication, it may not necessarily be a deal breaker, but it's definitely something that you want to be aware of at the outset. Number 10, 
how do they work with other professionals like accountants or lawyers? I think this one sort of brings it all together. This is going to tell you if you have a cohesive team on your side. If you're a business owner or you have other complex financial circumstances or you're looking to create a strategy for your estate, chances are other professionals will need to coordinate with your wealth advisor. For most of our clients, it's absolutely a team effort. I think it's a good idea to ask for an example of how the advisor you're considering has worked with outside professionals in the past. Understanding what professional resources the advisor has within their own team. Uh, Resources that can be made available to you is an important consideration, particularly, as I said, if you have more complex needs. Um, And there's a, is ask, is there a cost to that? Do they have financial planning expertise, trust and estate planning specialists, tax, insurance? When it comes down to implementing a client's holistic wealth management plan, it simply can't be done without solid coordination between professionals that you have working for you. And when they do, you know that you're on your way to achieving all your hopes and dreams. Now, I know we've covered a lot in this episode, so let me recap it quickly for you. Here are the 10 questions you should be asking when you're looking for a new advisor. Number one, what services do they provide? Number two, describe what you do. Number three, tell me about your process. Number four, what's your investment philosophy? Five, how do you account uh, for my outside investments? Number six, how are you paid? Number seven, How do you measure success and performance beyond just investments? Number eight, who do you work with? Number nine, talk about communication. And number 10, lastly, ask about how they work with outside professionals. Now, if you have any questions or our team can be of any help in any way, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're happy to help. Also, if you haven't connected with us online, you definitely should. We put a lot of uh, timely information out and helpful tips. I'm on LinkedIn. Just look me up, Mark Shimkovitz. We're on Facebook and most recently on Instagram. Our team uh, profile is at living.richer. And of course, our website, livingrichyourwealth.com is where you can find a ton of information and tools to help you achieve your goal of living richer. Information in this podcast is from sources believed to be reliable. However, we cannot represent that it is accurate or complete. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Raymond James advisors are not tax advisors, and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax-related matters. The views are those of Mark Chimkovitz and not necessarily those of Raymond James Limited. Investors considering any investment should consult with their investment advisor to ensure that it is suitable for the investor's circumstances and risk tolerance before making any investment decision. Securities-related products and services are offered through Raymond James James Limited, member Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member Canadian Investor Protection Fund.